Hello, friends, and welcome to the Healing Ground Movement. Now, for more content and bonus features, you can join us on Facebook and Instagram. And remember, all of our content is delivered freely. So please consider supporting the show by donating via the link on our website at healinggroundmovement.com or liking and reviewing the podcast on your favorite platform. Enjoy today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my all-time favorite apps, Blinkist. I found out about this app when I was pregnant and didn't have as much time to read, particularly into those early years of mothering, and it has been a game changer. Blinkist brings you knowledge from top nonfiction and podcasts so you can learn anytime, anywhere. And the best part is it condenses it down into 15 minutes. You can either listen or read to key ideas from best-selling nonfiction in just 15 minutes. So you keep getting all of these great recommendations, all the parenting books, all the health books, all of the things that you know you should be doing and know that you should know more about, but you just don't have the time to read the full version, you can get the Cliff Notes version from Blinkist. They have teamed up with podcast creators to bring you key insights from podcasts as well. And there is expert curation, their handpicked recommendation tailored to what you're interested in. So the more you listen, the more specific your recommendations get. Visit healinggroundmovement.com slash resources for a free trial of Blinkist. I know you're going to love it as much as I do. Enjoy today's episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Healing Ground Movement Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Carly Hudson, and joining me today is an old friend, Tracy Ravel. Now, Tracy and I have been trying to record this podcast for you for probably about six months now, and there is something about technology and timing that... Well, now's the time. And so I hope there is an appropriate um, moment in your life where this is going to hit you in the right way, Um, because we're talking about embodied confidence and how that comes together with health and wellness. You know, on on this podcast, we talk a lot about lifestyle, lifestyle medicine, but we always dip our toe into the water of where your mind and spirit are and how that is such a huge impact on your own body and your own journey. So Tracy went through a power of a powerful journey of healing herself, which is continuously evolving and ongoing, but it brought Tracy to the gift of helping others and unlocking their own innate, innate, unique personal power. With this strong core turned on and engaged, she guides them to identify and embrace their best course of action for maximum impact and living their lives with embodied confidence, doing that inner work to achieve that outer goal. Tracy, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, thank you, Carly. I'm super excited to be here. I'm so excited that we've, we have this and, and may the technology work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. What a trip. So, uh, just to give our listeners a little bit of your backstory, um, you know, you you've you did this whole huge rebrand rebranding um and refocusing on your work over the last few years um to come up with this embodied coaching that I just love your tagline, the guts with grace. I think we all need a little bit of that these days. Can you tell us how you came there? Well, <laughs> <laughs> Um, succinctly in the last few years, basically what happened was, um, I've been in the, in the fitness and wellness business literally my whole life. Um, you know, I had a fairly traumatic childhood and started teaching aerobics at, at 
16 years old and um, movement and nutrition and so forth was, was literally my saving grace, you know, mm-hmm. for so many reasons. And started, you know, I, I was personal training. I, I started teaching Nia. I started teaching Pilates. So I always had my degree is in therapeutic recreation. So I always had this focus on the entire person, right? Um, the rewiring the mind and the body in movement with functional fitness. Um, Nia is very much uh, dance arts, martial arts, and healing arts. So it's very much masculine and feminine in movement mm-hmm. and creating that nervous system connection. Pilates, it's the same thing. It's getting that core strong. When we have a strong core, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, then we can actually create in our lives. So my my whole entire life has been devoted to that, really. Mm-hmm. So very long story short, I started coming up with the Embodied Confidence brand around 2014 and started um, pulling in all of the different pieces with the body, mind, spirit, um, emotion, and and how they're they're all different, but they're also separate, mm-hmm. right? And you can tap into and use all of them at the same time or separately. And being able to do that creates amazingness in our life, right? Absolutely. So I decided that I would sell my house to invest in myself and invest in my business, right? And I, because in my infinite human wisdom, knew best, right? So I sold my house and I created this whole thing. I created this whole, you know, speaking, coaching, traveling business, which was what I wanted to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I very often felt trapped in it. Like I was trapped in this thing I had created, didn't know how to get out of it, didn't whatever, right? And I received business coaching that also took me in a different direction than I was supposed to be going. But again, I didn't necessarily know that in my human awareness, right? The apartment that I moved into supposed to be temporarily um, ended up having mold in it. And I knew I was allergic to mold. I didn't realize that mold could completely shut a body down. Mm-hmm. So I started getting really, really, really sick. And again, in my understanding, I, number one, think I was going in the wrong direction and needed to be missed redirected but didn't necessarily know I needed to be directed redirected right and didn't know how you know and so I was I was put into this this box and this formula yeah and was running my business out of that when in actuality I had had flashes of what I needed to bring into the work but I didn't know how to do it. And I didn't have anybody around me that really could support me. And I started realizing as I was getting sick and only people that would help me were like, sure, I'll help you if you pay me $5,000. So I had created this life where I had people around me, but it was only people that wanted to sell me something. 
And I had created this life with this whole big thing that wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. And I didn't have any support. So I kept getting sicker and sicker and sicker. Very long story short, I figured out what was going on myself. I went to doctor after doctor after doctor and nobody could help me. They all told me I was just depressed and crazy, even though I and you saw me at that time. I was, I was, I was pretty unrecognizable. Yeah. Like I was so puffy. Like I look at pictures of myself and I just, I just want to cry because I was so puffy and so scared and, 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 and trapped and had no idea how to, how to change it all. So I found out what was going on. I moved out. I moved into an apartment. Um, and I'm working on a TED Talk from exactly this part. I'm sitting in the, on the floor in this new apartment with complete PTSD with like, what the hell just happened to me? Because I lost everything. I sold my house to invest in this. And, and I, by the time I moved out, had lost my complete business because I was so sick I couldn't do it. So I'm sitting there on the floor of the new apartment and I hear, you need to get a job. You need to get good people around you. Mm -hmm. You need to take a breath and you need to take care of yourself. So I did. Surrender. Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) Well, but to go through all of that, to come to this place of surrender. And, you know, I, I have been talking to so many people um, on my podcast and, and personally in my, in my clinic these days where we've all gone through some kind of experience here where we've had no choice. It, it's that proverbial rock bottom, right? Where you have no choice, but to hit that surrender and all of our stories and all of our messaging is I'm realizing almost a plea to others that, you know, don't wait for that cosmic two by four to shift you out of this reality where you had been. Um, And so I think about that, you know, everything that you were being told before in your business coaching, um, you know, how it should be done. And we have so many shoulds. I mean, you just go on Pinterest, you go on Facebook and it's how to make six figures and it's this sell, 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 you know, what, how can we create this commodity of need and exchange out of our community instead of almost taking, having that capitalism take a back seat to being within a group that supports and uplifts. And that's a big shift. That's a big ask. And there are still a lot of coaches, healers, whatever, out there attempting to do the old model. Mm-hmm. And the world is not there anymore. How so? We need a very deep healing and a very deep reconnection to who we are. Mm -hmm. Humans are. We have forgotten. And we have created all of this distraction. Absolutely. Using the same old scarcity you know, brand from your soul, blah, 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 while you're still caught up in the machine. 
is not where we need to be going to actually help humanity move forward. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does to me for sure. I mean, and, and we were talking about this before we hit record and it's, it's such a small thing, but I think it's such a very big thing. You know, we're talking about trying to find, you know, find that way into inviting people into doing that shadow work, into doing the deep work and that we can feel like we are doing all of the right things. And, yeah. and let's be honest, I, mean, I, I do really want to stay in a place where I feel like people are, have, you know, the best intentions for themselves and the lives around them. We are all doing the very best we can. But still, we see these self-care and these lifestyle changes that look more like a checklist of to-do instead of really going into surrender. Can we tease that apart, make, make that a little bit clearer for our listeners? Well, how, how on earth could it possibly be different? How is it not the same? A checklist versus... Versus... The- So surrender is intention, attention, action towards my intention. I can't control what's outside of me. I can only control me. I can only have an intention what I think my intention is going to look like might not be what it ends up looking like. I just know it's my intention. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We have been taught to attempt to control. And that is the root of the quote unquote mental health issues going on right now Mm -hmm. we are all individual we are all aware none of this is how it's supposed to be but we have a very big disconnect because we are told it is how it's supposed to be yes yes I'm reminded of a Krishnamurthy quote that one of my dear friends introduced me to, and I'm going to butcher it now. I'll paraphrase. That's a nicer way of saying it. But, you know, when we have the experience of depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. perhaps that is the only response to an unhealthy, to a sick world. You know, th- that response of all of these um, personal struggles with the world around us may in fact be a healthy response to a, a sick world out of control. Krishnamurthy put it much, much, much better. That is a paraphrase. Um, but, you know, when we look at this attempt to control all the things around us, and it, we, we had a crash course in that over the last two years. So many choices, so many things out of our control on a global, governmental, local family scale, depending on how everything shook out for you. That can create a lot of agitation when our happiness, so to speak, has been predicated on things turning out a certain way 
instead of, I think, Tracy, as you were um, setting out with your intention, attention, and action, is that if you have an intention towards an outcome, but the path of how you get there, the way I think of it anyway, it's just really none of my business. <laughs> but my intention is to arrive there, however the journey leads. Yeah. Same, same outcome, different level of control, maybe. What do you think? My understanding is, again, control is more awareness mm-hmm. than, how do I explain this? Um, I'm going to make it be this way, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so circling back to the checklist versus the choices, we're all individual. Personal power is being able to discern and listen to that internal core, that connection to spirit, soul, God, mm-hmm. the all that is. And again, it's unique in all of us. So how do we really take care of our bodies the way our bodies need to be taken care of? Because they're all individual. Mm-hmm. Like I, like I am definitely allergic to molds. Somebody else might not be, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Emotion. Um, we're all wired very differently. We all process everything very differently. Learning to understand that, not make it wrong, take in information, decide from what's best for us, and proceed mm-hmm. from there. That's not control. It's awareness and, and movement, right? Does right. that make sense? It does. And, and to do a very concrete example of this, what comes to mind are, um, again, just kind of using that checklist as, as a reference point or protocols, is that we can be told that we need to drink a certain amount of water, get in a certain amount of sleep, move a certain amount. We have these goal settings. Now, if those remain external goals on a checklist. I have to do my workout for 30 minutes today. I have to drink my eight glasses of water today. I have to check off these lists. That remains an external control place. It's still good advice. Like we are complicated houseplants. Let's hydrate. Let's get out there in the wind, get a little fertilizer, the yes, all of that. However, when it remains that external to-do list, that looks different than I have this selection of things that are good for me to do. Sleep, drink water, move, eat some chocolate, go out with friends, maybe have a salad, maybe I need that big juicy burger. All of these things are good things to do. And that awareness that intention, attention, and action that you're talking about is I'm going to listen to my body and make sure that I am truly getting enough water for me and what I did today. Or listening to my movement hunger, that if I walked my daughter to school and I walked home and I walked around the neighborhood and I was in the garden, maybe that is my movement that feels good in my body. And I'm not going to go take an exercise class this afternoon, even if it's on my checklist. Same list of things, different integration. Again, we have been taught to make ourselves wrong if we don't adhere to those checklists, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If 
not adhering to the checklist and making our own checklist referencing that checklist Mm -hmm. is the key. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, that involves a little intuition. It it involves, well, it demands personal awareness because if your only way to know if your movement hunger has been satiated is because you've checked it off a list, not because you've checked in with your body, not because you have the awareness to check in with your body. You know, that, that is where it is very easy to stop at the um, self-care checklist and have that be the end of the conversation because the next step involves a personal awareness and accountability for that matter. Yes, to yourself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I mean, and again, it's not discounting what's around you or people around your relationships it's really showing up full-on as your best so that you interact better with what's around you and your relationships and so forth so that you know really noticing where we fall short in personal responsibility you know will will help does that make sense yeah, to me, it certainly does. And it it becomes sort of a, again, that awareness disconnect that if I think that putting good boundaries in my life where I am not turning over a lot of my energy in places that does not get returned to me, that gets kind of taken advantage of, um, I, I've been practicing this lately and putting up those boundaries has left me with more grace and patience to when I come home at the end of the day and have to do the family dinner bath and bedtime dance that normally my tank was empty by the time I got there focusing on that awareness in another area of your life putting yourself first in a place where you deserve to be put felt put first which is you know technically everywhere but for the sake of maybe clarity in this conversation you know, we're, we're talking about that kind of self-care and how that leaves you more to be with the people you love in the community that you love. It doesn't remain a selfish internal appraisal. And I think it has the reputation of being that. Right. So circling back around, one of my mantras is love your body, rock your life. <laughs> now, Love your body is, again, that learning to take care of your body in order to be your best in your life. It doesn't mean I look this way and it is what it is. And I don't care if you don't like it. I don't care if you don't like me. That's all defensive. Mm -hmm. Not actually loving your body. Loving your body is, again finding your pieces mm-hmm. and, and sourcing your life from that space. I, I had some really big awarenesses again, in the beginning of putting together the pieces for embodied competence that our bodies are how our souls show up in this life. Period. We have, been, we have been told this really weird disconnection of we're not our body, but at the same time, we've been told we are just our body. Can it be Look both? At all, huh? 
Yeah. Like, look at all the plastic surgery and, uh, you know, the being taught to just be mental and logical and rational is the only thing to pay attention to. You, yeah. Mm-hmm. And love your body, rock your life. We came here in these bodies to experience and interact. Why do we leave ourselves so much? Mm-hmm. Well, and we can see that. In a way, you know, having this vessel be such an important part of our presence here throughout this life, it yeah. brings to mind just how powerful the um, the self-protective nature of disassociation is. Totally. By yeah. stepping away and out, you know, it, it is becoming as reclusive within ourselves as we can. Yeah. Yeah. To me, that that gives so much weight to what our person really is. Yeah. I had a, a client who actually was a high school friend, like like literally was in my group um, and coached with me a few years ago. And she had, um, what's the word I'm looking for, diagnosed dissociative disorder and RA. And she was a cop and she like, you know, had sexual trauma in her childhood and and so forth. And we just really rewired her nervous system. And she was a very empathic, aware, intuitive, powerful woman, right? Mm -hmm. But how do you handle all of that? So that was her, you know, her soul's way of coping, right? So we rewired her nervous system so she could own her amazingness and be in her body calmed her RA down quite a bit, right? Mm-hmm. And um, she was wanting to create programs for law enforcement to be able to work better with the mentally ill. And she was having a hard time with like, who am I, right? And so we stepped her into like, this is mm-hmm. who I am, you know, and being able to own that and, and create in her life from that taking care of and acknowledging who she really was. Yeah. Yeah. And being in denial, because every, like we keep saying, everyone is such an individual, such their own person, such their own human. So you and I aren't, Tracy, are not going to walk the same path. We're not going to teach the same people. We're not going to teach the same lessons. But if I am listening to all of the calls to coaching and six-figure practices and everything, you and I are going to be, as you were doing for a short period of time there, you and I are going to be called to teach the same thing in the same way. Right, exactly. And and there's a huge missed opportunity in that, given, given what we both have to offer if we can look at ourselves directly. Yeah. That's and- a big if. For a lot of people. So circling back around to sitting on the floor of the apartment and then taking a step, mm-hmm. taking another step. All I knew, well, at first I didn't want to be tracyrodell.com ever again. Like I didn't want to ever do my business again. Like it was so traumatic. I can't even, I can't even tell you. Like I really didn't recognize myself. It was nuts. But I took a step. And then I started. Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe I can do this again. And I started just really playing with the pieces. And the only awareness I really had was I needed to do it differently this time. I had no idea what it was going to look like, 
Mm-hmm. But I knew I needed to do it differently this time because what I was doing before was killing me. And so, you know, I had conversations with people doing the same old stuff and having the same old sales conversations and doing the same old poking at me and all of that. And I just would sit there and go, you know, I'm actually really better at this than you are. So I know what you're doing and why I'm like, I'm not going to pay any money, money that, that operates from that space ever again. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's just not what we need to be doing as humans. We need to be, we need to be stepping into the amazingness, the powerfulness. And again, that soul embodied, Mm -hmm. not just our bodies, not just our minds, all of us right here, right now. Mm-hmm. And and that is has become one of the biggest uh, threads that has gone through this podcast in the last six to nine months is if we can't keep thinking of ourselves as these separate entities. Um, right. You know, I, I always hearken back to when we wanted to start dissecting anatomy for science and how fantastic is that, that we got to really see inside a human for the first time. But it seemed that where the rubber met the road was that, you know, the church kept the soul and we could have the body, the science could have the body. And um, so now they were separate. And it was the only way that, that the conversation could occur to desanctify the body enough to cut it open and see what's inside. But what did we lose in that choice? What became part of that cultural given is that this is a meat sack carrying us around this marble and everything else is somebody else's problem. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're very much taught to give our power away mm-hmm. and, and just run around like you're talking about in that disassociated whatever on this marble mm-hmm. and, and not look at, you know, the deeper pieces. And, and all the while we're doing that, different bodies have different values and different powers. So it's such a contradiction of, of values and givens is that at the one side, this matters not at all. At the other side, the value of your body is judged by its color, sex, creed, orientation, physical or mental ability or disability. And yet at the same time, we're also told how unimportant that is. It can't be both. Right. So owning all of those pieces all at once is so very, very hard because it is a rebellious uphill uh, change into our cultural givens and incredibly liberating. It is full of that grace with grit. So what do you think of when you hear grace? You've talked about grace a couple of times. Well, I love... I, as I was saying before we hit record, I do really love you. You had a, a technical reason for changing from grace and to grace with. And I, I, I always talk a lot about grace with my, well, if I'm being perfectly honest, more with the people I love than with myself. But having that grace to me is that space to be human in all of its foibles you know, that we cannot operate at a hundred percent. We cannot operate at 10 out of 10 all the time because in a sense, it starts to devalue what that hundred percent is. 
you know, it, it gives no depth to our performance. It gives no depth to our presence. And so when we have these moments where actually nothing bad really happened, it just wasn't perfect or as good as you thought it should be. Um, that's where I meet people and I'm trying to meet myself with grace of, yeah, that's okay too. It's, it's, it's not, it's, it's not a problem. It's not a thing. And the undeniable fact of that is that it's kind of a gritty moment to be in, to sit in a discomfort of not loving what just happened and letting that be okay. While not loving what just happened and not beating yourself up and going through a shame cycle or a depression cycle or an anxiety cycle or a disassociation, just sit there in the fact that that was nearly okay. And that's okay. Yeah. And how challenging. Yeah, it's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. We've been told our entire lives it's not okay, right? Yeah. So what if? What if we can live from that space, that internal core, mm-hmm. and stuff? Yeah, it, it's a gritty midline. I think it is so much easier to escape to the extremes of perfectionism or laziness. Um, you know, live in the moment until you're not even aware of what the moment is or total disassociation. But when we have those extremes, to me at least, it starts looking like you know, that spectrum is more of a circle and we meet up where, you know, perfectionism and laziness both accomplish nothing in in their own right. That gritty place of living within the gray zone of the circle requires a lot of personal grace and acceptance. Which ironically, living in the gray zone will allow you to create more color in your life. Even all of the language we have to describe this just keeps us boxed into this totally dated mentality. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the, you know, circling back around the beginning when you asked me about the rebranding and so forth, it's it's a little bit more of a, a deepening of the understanding of the work and Again, I was I was fit into this coaching model where, you know, I had to do the coaching and I had to do the one-on-one and I had to, you know, and I really just want to speak and teach workshops. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a job with a company that I love. I have a really great team now. I have an amazing support system. You know, I've become an ordained minister. <laughs> and it's like that checklist of what we're told you know there's so much entrepreneurial shaming out there about people having a a right having a job and don't you want to work for yourself it's like no like I want to I want a team I want people I don't want stop selling me stuff no you know yeah so so that's really what I've come to I want to speak and I I you know, I want to more be on stages and reaching more people than trying to beat people over the head to acknowledge their amazingness, which is what I felt like I was doing when I was coaching, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, 
you know, I, I have a few people that have been with me for a very long time that are like, they've transformed everything, but they were willing to go there. Mm-hmm. You know? And most people like the victim piece and they don't want to let, to let go of it. Well, and it's that, and you just, you said something kind of offhanded about the, just the stop selling me stuff. And we are so used to being sold our answers that our answers lie in this piece of workout equipment or this liquid IV water or this 10 day, three month, six year program that when we stop selling, it's a little disarming. That, that there's nothing you want from me. There's nothing that I have to trade in order to get this. That's, that's not how math works. What is happening here? But it's true. There's nothing new under the sun and all the ways to sell it are just new wrappings within a system trying to tell you you're not good enough. Right. What if we can be good enough just being good? I, I don't know. And I, I'm, 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 I'm hopeful, Carly, that we're stepping into the evolution. I'm, I'm hopeful. You know, I, I, there's still a lot of, a lot of discord that we need to move through. And, you know, I have a few girlfriends that we've always said we're on the cleanup crew <laughs> after all of this. So, you know, I, um, I'm hopeful that we can start to. Claim our gorgeous, fabulous, brilliant, talented birthright of just being being human, you know? I'm hopeful too. I I see so many movements these days that are at least making the effort to turn around and look at the perpetrating perpetrator of dysfunction instead of hoisting up um the problems of the, of the victim. And I want to be careful about my language here because it's to, to be a victim of perpetration of something negative happening, whether it is by color, race, creed, all of those othering things that come up so often, it is still, that, that is, that is a real need. That is a real need to correct those um, inequities. But if we keep focusing on where, where the problem is delivered, you know, we're not looking upstream at the system that is creating it. You know, there's this allegory that I really love. And that is of, you know, this, this doctor is walking along a river and he keeps seeing these wounded bodies floating by on the stream. This is a gory allegory, but he, he's, he, he has taken his oath, he is a doctor, and he is going to, to save these bodies, these people. They're still alive, they are just injured. And so one after another, pulling these injured people out of the stream, bandaging them up, you know, applying first aid, making sure they're okay, and yet they keep coming until someone walks upstream and gets rid of, and takes care of the problem that is maiming them. And so that's what I see in a lot of these movements that have come out over the last few years is that um, Me Too, particularly the Me Too movement, particularly turned around and said, this is no longer about women needing equal rights. And yes, we do. This is about you all needing to not be pigs. (laughs) And we're going to focus the problem upstream so that we don't have to keep taking care of women who have sexual violence perpetrated on them in the workplace. Exactly. 
I love seeing this shift. I love seeing the accumulation of this shift. And it is part of health. It is part of wellness. It has that intersectionality of letting us show up fully and completely in the place that we find purpose. Awesome. Yeah. I've written a new freebie on my website and it's seven things, seven reasons why you're exhausted that you have no idea are making you exhausted Mm -hmm. and three things keeping you disconnected, three things that will empower you and one thing that you really need. And looking at our diet, looking at the toxins, looking at how we give our power away, how we victim, Mm -hmm. right? Moving our body, taking care of our bodies. Those things are kind of the, like you're talking about the source. Mm -hmm. What if we can change those, pay attention to our diet, clean up the toxicity, notice all of the environment and what really could be affecting us, even though we're told it's not affecting us surrender intention attention action guts with grace i'm going to take a step Mm -hmm. i love it adding movement and alignment because sacred geometry we are connected to everything we're antennas Mm -hmm. having alignment and strength in our bodies is important for us to really be able to show up the way we want to show up in this life Beautiful. I so, love that invitation. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that will help us heal that source piece mm-hmm. and really step into embodied confidence. Love it. And then I love that invitation to, to take a look at that list, take a look at these areas where you can seek improvement and, and that further challenge, that further inquiry of now that I know what my menu is, can I start to internalize this with personal awareness instead of making it one more thing I should do else I fail? It's not about should, man. It's about like, I want to live the life that my soul came here to live. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Tracy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you internet for not cutting us apart today. Um, For all of our listeners who are interested in uh, chasing down that freebie or inviting you to come speak, where can they find more about you? My website is embodiedconfidence.com. The freebie is on the front page. So you can download that. I'm giving people a 40-minute clarity consultation. So I think there's a link to sign up for that. Or you can just email me off of the webpage as well. And um, yeah, invite me to speak. Same thing. There's a contact me form on the website that you can email me directly. Um, I'm speaking at the Fort Collins Body, Mind, Spirit Expo this weekend. Um, So that'll be cool. I'm working on a TEDx talk about this dark night of the soul and and surrender and, and, you know, how I've really created this amazing life that I'm I'm, I'm pretty proud of. and so, yeah, I, I would love to speak for, for all of the groups that, that need some inspiration on how to, how to create a powerful life Beautiful. outside 
of what you told that looks like. Oh, <laughs> such, a, such a good caveat and clarification. Um, and we will have your website in our show notes for anyone who is interested. Tracy, thank you again for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Carly. We did it, girl. We did it. And thank you to all of our listeners for joining in and listening today. Um, you know, I really wanted to get to the heart of this matter. I have this conversation with my patients daily on this podcast, nearly weekly, where if we, if we continue to focus on what makes us well as this external list of things that should be done, we are in a way undercutting our efforts and adding more stress to our lives. It doesn't undervalue all of these things that need to happen, but how we think about them, how we internalize that awareness and make them non-negotiables in our own well-being is a cultural shift we have been waiting for. So I hope that that sinks in a little deeper today, nudges into your brain in a slightly different way. And we listen, not just that we should drink water, but am I thirsty for it among so many other things. In the meantime, be well, and we'll see you next week. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard and got a little something out of it to help you on your journey to health. Please, if you're inclined, share this podcast with a friend so we can help more people lead healthier lives. Now remember, the information expressed in these interviews is for informational and not diagnostic or treatment purposes. However, I hope you find that having the right information and resources can go a long way to helping you on your healthcare journey. Ask the right questions and seek out professional health. And we'll see you next week for another episode of the Healing Ground Movement Podcast. Be well.